what is it going to mean about us if we don't meet the goal? And that's such an uncomfortable feeling, especially for people who are high achievers and or perfectionists. Like if you don't meet the goal, then you've just totally failed. And so a lot of times to manage those feelings and to just not deal with them at all is to just not set a goal to begin with, because what will it mean about you if you don't end up hitting it perfectly? You thought it, but we said it. I'm Alexis, a certified leadership and life coach. And I'm Sam, a licensed therapist, and we consider ourselves mindset gurus. Perspectively Yours is our platform where we dive headfirst into conversations on topics that can make or break us. We speak to women about the things we often think, but don't say out loud, how we can shift our perspectives around them to build our resilience and normalize our experiences. This is for the woman who wants a full plate and a full cup without burning out. We're bringing our expertise to the table to give you game-changing tips on how to shift your perspective. So let's spill the tea and get started. Hello, hello, my friend. Hello, how are you? I am doing well. How are you? I'm good. We just got off a really busy weekend with my daughter was in the Nutcracker. So we spent the whole week doing rehearsals and performances and now we're done. And how do you feel? Oh, I feel ready to be done. (laughs) (laughs) Be done with? Ready to be done with everything. So, but that's just not going to happen. But I am taking it easy this morning. So that's nice. I just get to hang out with you. So that's fun. I remember when I was a competitive dancer and we would have our recitals as well. And it was a very long season of dance and we were changing in and out of costumes a million times and makeup application and back-to-back performances in one day. And I was just run down by the time we were done. Yeah. It's exhausting. It's hard for, especially like the girls in Matilda's group were all like between six and eight, I think. And that um, most of them, I think, were six. And so that's just a really young age to be doing so many costume changes and makeup applications and late nights. And it was just a lot for them. So I'm really proud of them for getting through it. I think we all survived. Excellent. Speaking of survival mode, I'm in survival (laughs) mode right now. Because I am trying to avoid my son's cold, like the never-ending cold, like the plague. Was not initially intended, but as the words came out, I realized we were we were making a pun here. We've been sick for like a month now, a month, and I brought him to the doctor multiple times, and we have no ear infection. We do not have RSV or the cold or a cold or or I guess we have a cold. I, I didn't mean to say cold. I meant COVID, COVID mm-hmm. or the flu. And the, I'm very grateful, but I'm ready for the snot to be gone. Totally, it's like. It's just there as a permanent fixture for the entire winter, it seems like. Yeah. And I taking all of the supplements, I made a big boo-boo this morning taking zinc on an empty stomach and the nausea hit like a ton of bricks within seven minutes. I was oh down gosh. for the count for like an hour. Oh it my gosh. So bad. I can imagine that nausea. It's so bad taking those vitamins on an empty stomach. I was just like in panic mode, like, give me all the supplements, give me all the the vitamins. I need to avoid this. And 
So, but now I'm drinking my traditional medicinals, my favorite brand of tea, echinacea tea. And I took echinacea this morning also. Oh, good. Of, you know, not letting the sore throat get any worse. Yeah. Mega dose on that stuff. Sometimes if you can catch it soon enough with the zinc and the echinacea, it just goes Zaps away. it away. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully. I sure hope so. We don't have time for this. <laughs> no, because what a year it has been. <laughs> what a year it has been. We did such a great transition into what we want to talk about today, which New Year's resolutions. Yes. Making changes throughout the year. So, And we have some thoughts around when to really make New Year's resolutions also. So this might not be the resolution episode you may anticipate of all the things we're going to do in 2024. Would you agree, my friend? Totally. Because I know both of us have learned a lot over the years about like cycle syncing and also like seasonal syncing. And the funny thing is, is that with New Year's resolutions being in January, in the like start to like middle-ish of winter. And winter is really a time to be like, when we think about everything going on outside in nature, in the winter, it's like dormant, it's quiet, there's not a lot of activity going on, things kind of look a little dead. They're not dead, but like everything's resting. And so using that as a time to set big goals and start working towards achieving them, it can feel so misaligned with what is actually going on in the season. And so while I think it's a great time for reflection on how the year has gone and what we might want to see differently in the upcoming year, I don't think it really serves us very well to then take action on it immediately as well. Because typically we're all we're all just feeling like, low energy during this time of year. And like where I live, I guess we're probably along the same like line too in terms of light. And I mean, it is like dark at 3.30 in the afternoon. Yes, it is. And there is no motivation to do anything. And again, like we've talked about with motivation, you don't necessarily need motivation, but there is a certain level of like, it feels really unnatural to be hitting goals really hard in January when it's dark and cold and like just yucky outside. Yeah. The goals can stay in hibernation and the bears. Yeah. That's really how I feel. The goals can stay in hibernation (laughs) with the bears. Well, because in, in reality too, how can you decide where you're going and what your next move is if you haven't had the time to reflect on where you've been and what's gone well and what could use improvement? Because then it almost feels like a knee-jerk reaction to fall into step with our, with I'll say, what we typically think of New Year's resolutions. I'm going to eat better. I'm going to exercise more. I'm going to write in a daily gratitude journal. Ask me if I have done any of those things consistently from January 1st through December 31st of any year. (laughs) How about you? Have you? You know, I've had seasons of it, but it definitely is not then. Like typically when I can think of the hardest months out of the year for me personally, they tend to be from about middle of January until end of March. Like it's just so dark, so cold. I am over the rain. 
and the clouds. And those are just really hard months. And I think so many people feel that way. Like all the fun of the holiday season has passed us and also like the busyness of that time. And it leaves us feeling really tired and for some of us really depleted. And it just, I don't know, it does feel like it's a knee-jerk reaction. It feels like this is the expectation is we're entering a new year and we need to quickly like come up with our goals. And it feels like we're behind if we spend lots of time reflecting. And also, we're not really a culture that really likes to reflect. Like we don't like to necessarily sit in the in whatever might have not felt good that we want to change. And so we just kind of move forward to the action instead of taking care of the real internal work of why did the year go this way and what could be done differently to change it later and really sitting with that instead of just, well, I want to hit this goal, this goal, this goal, because that could make me feel better about how the year went. But we know that even though what is the statistic? It's 45% of Americans usually make New Year's resolutions and only 8% of them are successful in achieving their goals. Like that is a really small amount of people. So it is. maybe we need to adjust our timing expectations. It. Yeah. Well, your expectations and your timing. And what really sits with me is the amount of time for reflection. And in all my years of practice, I have never seen anyone be able to make a life change in two weeks, a month, two months. I mean, many times we're having the same conversation on repeat for five and six, seven months because change is really hard. Mm -hmm. And while I think that New Year's resolutions have the right intention, we talk about intention a lot here, that we want to make a change, you have to sit with and work through and talk through what stops you from being able to make that change so that you can be successful and not fall within the 8%? Because holding yourself accountable is not just because we always lack discipline or we always, well, we know we don't, it's not always about motivation, right? Because that's fleeting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But when discipline is the issue, what's the reason that we can't stick to that resolution and to those goals? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's usually where really having to dive deep on more than just, yes, the outcome of we're having a difficult time being disciplined about this, like that can give us a signal that there's something else going on internally. And that's where a lot of reflection and like working through your thoughts around whatever this is that you're trying to work towards and really digging deep on, why is it that I'm not able to be disciplined about this? What's really at the root of this? And that can take a lot of time to get there. And it can be it can be difficult because a lot of us don't really want to dig deep on the why behind why we're not being disciplined about something, even though we really want to achieve a goal. Right. I don't think it's a matter of laziness. And I think that we also often see pause in society as a weakness, as a lack of skill. And we're actually going to have a guest on this month, or maybe we're coming to to chat with us this month. It's probably gonna to launch next month on the power of pause. Shauna Van Bogart, who's going to be talking about her program, The Pause. And there's really something to be set up for allowing yourself to sit with discomfort or sit with ideas. 
it's not even always about discomfort. And it's those moments of quiet and reflection when we're not in our busy bee syndrome that I'll say the downloads come in, especially for creative folks, people who are you know putting themselves out there in all different creative ways that the creativity often comes when there's less of a stress and a demand. I was actually reading someone's post this morning. She makes cake pops and they are the most beautiful cake pops I've ever seen. I actually got to taste one this weekend because I'm thinking of, of getting them for my son's first birthday. And she talked about how the busyness and the stress of her opening a new storefront has really hindered her creativity. And I'm not surprised by that because when you're in hustle and bustle mode, you don't have the time to allow yourself the space to really reflect. And so if you don't have a goal or a resolution for January, I think that that's not only okay, I think that's probably for the best. And I would instead say, back to the seasons and the quarters, sorry to to jump around a little bit here, but there's four quarters of a year, right? What if we took the pressure off of having our goals start within the first quarter of the year. And instead that first quarter is for you to reflect. It's the Mm -hmm. time to really think and pause and breathe. And then when it feels more natural as light is becoming a lot more available after the hours of 3 PM (laughs) and you have more energy, you're naturally going to have more energy. You're in a different season of growth. Now you get to act on those ideas or start to think about how we're going to put them into play and not feeling that you need to rush the process because you don't want to get to December 31st and it have not moved anywhere. But maybe by the time you're in quarter three, now we're only now starting the plan. And I think that's just a even a an opportunity to think about time instead of thinking about in this finite amount, but that it's on a continuum. Mm-hmm. Yeah, circle. And I'm imagining the first place that I really learned about this was in Kate Northrup's book, Do Less. Have you read that one? No, but it sounds like I need to read it. Sounds like it should be my autobiography. Yes, it's really fantastic. And she talks so much about the cyclical nature of time that it's, we kind of imagine it more in the masculine sense, like in terms of, you know, masculine energy and feminine energy, like look there's different ways of viewing things and masculine energy can really kind of looks at time as just one line. Like you said, kind of a finite thing. There's a start and an end. Whereas really there is such a cyclical nature and we see it so much. Part of the reason why it's more of a feminine energy is because, you know, women are cyclical with their time too. They're cyclical every month. Whereas men with their like hormonal cycles, it's a 24 hour clock. And with women, it's a 28 day clock, like, you know, roughly approximately, it's different for everybody. But it's the same with seasons too. And seasons are the same, like, you know, we have these lower energy times in the winter time, and then spring comes and we start having more like we're budding creativity. And then in summer, we're just like doing all the things like we have way more energy then. And then fall starts to wind things down. Typically, we're wrapping, we're wrapping things up and noticing how we can like prepare ourselves for the winter. And then winter's here again. And it just like goes and goes and goes like that all the time, every year, every month is like that for people who are cycling with their menstrual cycles like it just it goes like that and you when you start tuning in and noticing that and you're ready for it i think that is the thing that is so important when you're ready for it 
instead of sitting in in shame and guilt of like, I'm such a bad person because I'm not hitting goals and doing big things for the new year. It doesn't seem like the right time or I'm behind or whatever. And then it just keeps you from making any progress. Instead, when you plan for it and you're ready and you know, this is my time to rest. Because like you said, you cannot be creative and you cannot do new things when you're in a state of depletion and you need rest and reflection. So when you can plan for it and know like, this is my period for rest and reflection. And then you will be not running from this like shame cycle thing to like try and drum up some goals to do stuff or feeling bad and then and then not hitting your goals. Because a lot of the times, the reasons why we don't hit goals is because we're feeling things like shame. And it just sends us on a spiral, a loop of not doing the things that we want to be doing. Yeah. And I think that the societal expectation to meet a goal in a specific timeline puts so much pressure that people throw in the towel before they've really ever gotten started. Mm, And I don't mean that they haven't gotten started at all. I mean that because they can't keep up with it. We talked about this in one of our earlier episodes about when something doesn't feel achievable or sustainable that we're going to just not do it. But Mm -hmm. I think that still goes back to the expectation of I have only a certain amount of time in order to complete it and I'm a failure if I don't. And then that really defeats people with the idea that I have to do this. Or if I get into a funk and I and I fall off my habits that I've now created, I'm never going to be able to get back on. And that's why I talk a lot on my Instagram too about stopping and starting. And I used to have a lot of guilt and a lot of shame about that. I used to try to have a blog. I've tried multiple blogs because mm-hmm. I have a lot to say, mm-hmm. but <laughs> they were never successful for me because I just didn't have the time to do them we'll segue into another topic in just a second about how sometimes it's harder to meet goals for ourselves, but instead it's easier to meet the expectations of others, someone who's counting on us. And I'll talk about that in a minute, but I used to feel embarrassed and ashamed to say, I started this blog. I started this, I started this newsletter and then never felt like I could keep up with it. Or I'd start my workouts and I'd be on a four. I just, here we go. Guess what I'm going to (laughs) reference. It doesn't happen to be arms with Tunde, is it? Yes, it does. (laughs) Yes, it does. Because I started it again because I love the workouts. But I've noticed the first time I did it, I completed the full program. I think I missed one class. But as I've done the program over and over, it's been really hard for me to consistently stick with it. Partly because I probably know the program now. I'm not waiting to see what's Mm -hmm. coming next. Mm -hmm. But I know that sometimes there's weeks in my life that I can't stick to the four weeks and I'll start it all over again, even if that means I missed three of the four weeks. And I don't think there's anything wrong with it because it comes down to your big picture about what you want to achieve for yourself. And and not that it has to be a specific goal, but more so this is who I want to become. This is Mm -hmm. who I want to be. And I do think that there is something really important about still setting the goal because if we don't set the goal, then I think we are okay with coming up short when we have more potential. Mm-hmm. But I think there's a fine line between shaming yourself for coming up short and not pushing yourself to achieve what you can. Yeah. And I think a lot of us don't set the goal because what is it going to mean about us if we don't meet the goal? And that's such an uncomfortable 
feeling, especially for people who are high achievers and or perfectionists. Like if you don't meet the goal, then you've just totally failed. And so a lot of times to manage those feelings and to just not deal with them at all is to just not set a goal to begin with. Because what will it mean about you if you don't end up hitting it perfectly? Or start something new. Yeah. Like, because right, a lot of the time it's starting something new as a New Year's resolution and the feeling of not knowing how to start, mm. how to keep up with it. And we could sit here and give you, we talked about our motivation versus discipline episode, like how to create those healthy habits. But this isn't about creating those healthy habits. This is about really sitting with what stops you from being able to show up for yourself. And for me, it's that I often put other people before myself. And so then I don't meet my own goals because I'm worried about someone else's needs first. Mm -hmm. So that is something that I have that I have sat with for many years when it comes to New Year's resolutions of how I prioritize me. And that's why when I say it, just because you don't meet it within the, the 12 calendar months doesn't mean that you're not going to achieve it. Because I do think that is something that I have gotten significantly better at over the last three to four years. Yeah, which is such a great point of practicing that, practicing showing up for your goals. Then over time, like it's not as though it's just an overnight thing. Like you said, people don't make big life changes in two weeks. It's a time, like you take time and practice and just showing up to do the things all the time and just doing your best and it gets better and better and better over time. And so it's not like something that's just going to happen overnight. Well, because your things keep showing up, right? The things mm -hmm. that are going to get in the way, life is going to continue to get in the way of that or your triggers and the things that make you feel uncomfortable or give you an easy out. And sometimes you may have no choice but to take the easy out depending on whatever's going on in that season of life. And that's why I think people are sometimes afraid of their resolutions because what, like back to what you said before, what does it mean about me if, if again, I'm starting over? Yeah, you know, I give you more credit for starting over than for not starting again at all. Totally, because a lot of times, a lot of people will just decide that they're never going to try ever again, because it's like, well, I failed this one time, I didn't meet it then. So I'm not going to try again, because then I'm going to have to deal with the fact that I failed again, potentially. Well, it actually reminds me of, and this is something when we were, you know, deciding what we wanted to talk about for this episode. One of the topics that had come up in a, for a previous, for another episode, what, but it relates is a fixed and growth mindset. And I think that this is really something that complements the New Year's resolution chat very well, because in a fixed mindset, we're really avoiding challenges. We're not doing well with the feedback critical sometimes even positive, because then that means we have to continue showing up. Yeah. We get caught up in this idea of needing to prove ourselves or threatened by someone else's success. And we play the comparison game of, well, they've achieved this and I'll never be able to do that because we often expect our day one to look like someone else's day 365. Yes. yes. Yeah. Or, or longer than that. They've been doing yeah. some four and five years. Yeah. And they haven't yet gone through their own mistakes and hurdles and everything is unfamiliar to them. And they think that someone else has what they don't, but maybe it's because they've been doing it longer. And so mm -hmm. we, we fall into this idea of a fixed mindset 
because our current day doesn't look like someone else's even yesterday. Mm -hmm. And so we just avoid altogether. We go into hibernation mode, but not with true reflection, but with shame. Yeah. With a ton of shame. And when you can like switch it into that growth mindset of then knowing that challenges are going to come up and you view it as an opportunity and you're able to come to it as a learner with a learner's mind of like, I'm here as a beginner and uh, it's going to be new and it's going to be hard and being open to that and it being okay. That is a complete shift in your mindset from feeling like you just suck and you'll never be able to change and this is too hard. So I'm not even going to try when you can learn and grow through failures and being able to be inspired by other people doing things similarly to you instead of being threatened by it. It just completely changes the way that you're thinking about doing new hard things, which comes with making your resolutions and your goals for the year too. And I was thinking also, I kind of remembered what I had forgotten, which was when challenges come up, like you, not just when challenges come up, but if you notice a pattern of being able to not being able to hit your goals, then during your reflection time, you can think about what is coming up consistently for me that seems to throw me off. And then you can plan for it. You can plan for whatever thing is going to come into your way. Or even you can plan for what if I receive a piece of criticism from somebody about this new thing that I'm doing? How am I going to handle it? I think about right now, because I'm in such a busy season, like we talk about how important it is personally and on here to be eating regularly, balanced meals, drinking water. And it's gotten so hectic that it's becoming harder and harder for me to do that and take care of myself. So instead of constantly ending the day, like totally starving and in hangry mode, I think, how can I solve this problem and plan for this challenge coming up? And so I make sure that I have, I ended up just ordering like a meal, like a meal plan thing for a week just to have like extra meals that I knew were balanced in my freezer or in my fridge just to be there. So I know if I can't get to cooking myself food, I know I have something in there ready for me. So it's doing things like that to really plan for it because challenges are going to come up. Roadblocks are going to come up every single time you're trying to do something new they're going to come up and your brain is going to love turning that into a reason to quit. Yeah. Well, there's also an interesting thing with your brain function, right? So I believe it's your amygdala. Your amygdala is your previous experiences, how we respond. So I'll use, for example, the fight or flight response. So you know that if a bear is chasing you, you're going into fight or flight mode, right? And our mm-hmm. bodies are are no longer being, well, you might be chased by a bear if you're in the woods, but <laughs> I was, but not as likely, right? You're not going to be in fight or flight, but your body gets used to responding to stressors in similar ways. And when something comes up that is going to prevent you from being able to attend to that behavior or respond the same way so that you don't respond the same way and you can actually do the thing that you need to do to meet your goal, mm-hmm. you have to pause you have to be able to pause. And I'll share a personal example. For me, it's hard when people need me to not show up. I can't, mm-hmm. I just drop what I'm doing and I just show up because someone else needs me. However, while that can be very admirable, it can also be very self-sabotaging 
mm-hmm. for what I need to do and get done. And that felt really uncomfortable and hard for me to have to tell somebody else no or later or wait, even though it, I want it to still be the same level of importance to me and I want them to know it's still important to me, to not stop what I'm doing to be there for someone else is probably one of the most uncomfortable feelings that I have. Mm-hmm. And then I go through my own cycle of grief, really, with it, anger, frustration, resentment, wanting to be able to change the circumstances. And that is really hard. But I've had to give myself time to pause, sometimes still get angry, but not jump to what I would have done in the first place. And kind of hold myself back so that I can get done the thing that I need to do. And that's a muscle to flex. And we've talked about that previously as well, that these are muscles that we have to flex because they're not common or not common. They're not something that we're, we're used to doing. For example, like the, let's just use exercise because that's a real concrete one. And Alexis and I have talked about this previously. I actually believe it was during our first like mindset session that we talked about like why I don't necessarily get a workout in because Mm -hmm. There's there are dishes in the sink and the laundry needs to be folded. And so part of the story I tell myself, because everything comes back to the story you tell yourself, is that I have not earned the time for me until X, Y, and Z are done, mm-hmm. whether that's for me or for somebody else. And while I would have more energy if I did the workout to be able to get those things done, I continue to put that off because I have devalued myself in that moment. And with that shift for a new year's resolution, let's just say come March <laughs> instead of our January. <laughs> January, we're in reflection mode. So this is permission to put your workouts off, off until March. I'm just kidding. Don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. I'm just kidding. Movement is, ne- is necessary for your, for your body every day. But I had to say, you are valuable. You are worth the workout. And that may sound silly or trivial to some, but that was my own inner talk that I had to say, this is necessary and helpful and important for you so mm-hmm. that I would stick to that goal mm-hmm. of getting that workout in, which I yeah. haven't done a very good job at the last three weeks, <laughs> but I'm sitting in my workout pants because A for effort. And we you'll do it. In later. <laughs> you'll get it in. <laughs> That's the habit stack. There you go. Yeah. Wear your workout clothes. But you, you really, calories. yes, you nailed it because that really is the getting to the root of it. That's really reflecting and sitting with. And we did that. We spent time together working through that of like, why am I not doing these things that I know I want to do? And it really comes down to digging in there and figuring out what is the story that you're telling yourself about this that is holding you back from doing it. So yeah. yeah. And that, and it takes time because while I know these things, and that's why we say when you make a New Year's resolution and you don't do it within the first 30, or you do it within the first 30 days and come February 1st, we're falling off. That's to be expected. I mm-hmm. mean, it's very common because it, it needs to be sustainable, but it also, you're going to go through ebbs and flows where that motivation is gone. The discipline needs to kick in and life is getting in the way, but to never start again, that would just be sad. Yeah. Yep. You can't let the perfectionism hold you back of falling off for a day or a week, then meaning you just are never going to do it anymore. So yeah. Yeah. All right. Any last thoughts before we head out for the day? I always have last thoughts, but (laughs) anything that really needs (laughs) to be said. No, no. For the sake of brevity, 
We will leave it there. All right. Well, Happy New Year, friends. Happy New Year. We will talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for joining us today. Just as a reminder, this podcast is not intended to replace professional medical advice or mental health services. If you are in a mental health crisis, please call the Suicide and Crisis Hotline at 988 or 911. Did today's episode of Perspectively Yours hit the spot? It would mean the world to us if you'd show us some love with these three effortless ways to help your fave podcast thrive. First up, the most important, never miss an episode by following or subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast fix. Just head over to our show page, tap the plus sign and select follow. Next, leave us a shiny five-star rating and review on your podcast platform. Your feedback helps us make each episode better and better. Last but not least, share your favorite episode with a friend. The power of word of mouth is undeniable, and we would be over the moon if you spread the love about Perspectively Yours. Before we let you go, here's a fun fact. We met through Beauty Counter, our favorite clean beauty brand, and are both brand advocates. If you've been looking for safer products that actually give you results, you can get 20% off your first purchase with the code CLEANFORALL20. Don't forget to follow us each on Instagram at Ms. underscore Samantha Kehoe and Alexis.TheNourishedBeginnings. Send us a message. We'd love to hear from you. Be sure to check out the show notes for any resources we mentioned. Thank you for being here. We are grateful for your support and love. Mm -hmm.